Father, we give you thanks and praise for this new year. Lord, we thank you for all the folks that are here and Lord, those that haven't gotten here yet, Lord, but that are going to be here to hear your word, Lord, to hear what you have to share with your body. Father, even though you use imperfect vessels, Lord, we know that your word is true and we give you thanks for that word because it's just a sweet taste on our lips, Lord. It's a great thing on our tongue. Father, we give you thanks and uh, just make yourself real to us tonight. Speak to us tonight through your word, through your teaching. And Lord, let this new year, 2008, just be a year of new beginnings for us, new relationships, new friendships, new marriages, restored marriages. Lord, whatever it is that you have for us, Lord, we know it's good and we want it. Lord, we, we, we open up our hands, we open up our arms, we open up our hearts and our spirits to receive. So give us ears to hear and eyes to see your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. It's a great night tonight. Uh, it's a great holiday we just went through. And, and, uh, and after uh, our last teaching, really, really kind of got me to thinking about the holiday and and really realizing that, you know, no matter how you celebrate this time of year, and we know its origins, and of course we, we certainly want to make sure that we, uh, we know the true reason for the season, it's always nice to spend time with family and to love on folks. And, and anybody who's heard the previous teaching on, uh, on the ultimate uh, gift exchange about the true origins of Christmas, I want to make sure that, that you understand that for years and years uh, before I did the teaching, I, of course, uh, had up the tree and all that other stuff until I got to conviction. So it certainly isn't to say that, you know, your, your salvation is dependent on if you have a Christmas tree or not. But uh, it, certainly, uh, uh, it certainly is one of those things that do listen to the teaching, pray on it next year when the season comes around and see what the Lord would, would have you do. But uh, on to today, Louis Armstrong, Stevie Wonder, Casey Kasem. These names seem familiar? Yes. How, about if, how about if I didn't name them and I just played their voices? Would you recognize them? Would you recognize the American Top 40? Would you recognize, isn't she lovely? I can't sing, but, uh, and, you know. A lot of people think I can because Stevie and I are both blind, but no, can't sing. Um, and uh, and of course, you know we've got uh, we've got Louis Armstrong, Nat King Cole. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the voices that we hear right now in this very room. There is a multitude of sound. Do you believe it? In this room where we are right now, there are symphonies playing. There's rock and roll, there's hard rock, there's rap, there's news, everything. If you just had a radio, you could tune in and hear it. And then you may recognize one of the voices I just mentioned or someone else that you hold close. Maybe, a, maybe Chris Tomlin or, or uh, Jackie Velasquez or one of the contemporary Christian artists of today. Everybody's got a voice that they can distinguish. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that his sheep, that's us, 
know his voice. And that when they hear his voice, they follow him. It also says that he knows us by name. Wow. But how do we know that he knows us by name? And how do we know this thing about, you know, about God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit? I mean, how do it says, when I call them by name, they follow. My sheep know my name and know my voice. So do you know the voice of Jesus? I mean, do you hear his voice? What does the voice of Jesus sound like? What does the voice of God sound like? You know, a lot of people say that God doesn't talk to people anymore. God, my, my scripture says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, yet some denominations swear, well, they may not swear, but they state emphatically even that God was only doing that then. Well, when was then? Was that 5,000 years ago when he spoke to Abraham? Or was it 2,000 years ago when he spoke to Jesus? Hmm, when was it? I actually had a conversation with God this morning. Now, be, before anybody hearing this thinks I'm wacky, let me state my case. I think it's a, it's a, a, a pretty good case. And, and I think that by the time that we finish with today's teaching, you're going to understand that you're always hearing somebody's voice. I mean, I'm not just talking about the people around you. I'm talking about just like I stated at the beginning where if you tuned in a radio station here, you could hear a symphony, you could hear rock and roll, and you could hear the latest thing that's going on in the polls today over in New Hampshire. Hmm, what could be going on there? So right now, all you got to do is tune in. So whose voice are you tuned into? Are you tuned into God's voice? What is that all about anyway? What is hearing God's voice all about? When I became a believer, I, I didn't know anything about hearing voices or anything like that. I would talk to these whacked out Christians and they would say, well, you know, the Lord told me this and that and the other. I'd be like, yeah, sure, man. And I'm the one doing drugs, <laughs> you know. But no, I... I don't do drugs today, and I assure you that God does talk to us and doesn't require any mood-modifying substances. Now, it does require a mood modification, and that mood modification is called doubt. If you doubt, you may be most assured, the book of James says, that you'll get nothing. So, what is this thing about voices? Well, whose voice do we hear? In our lives, we hear three voices. We hear the voice of the flesh or our intellect. Some people would say our soul, our mind. We hear the voice of the enemy. And of course, we hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, how do these voices sound? What do they mean? I'm going to share some, some stories with you tonight, and we're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to back it up with some Bible texts. And of course, if, uh, if I don't cover all the texts tonight, you can visit www.ytaf.org and just go to the podcast and listen to this very podcast you're listening to right now, if you're listening. And uh, you can download the notes and, and you can check out all the scriptures and, and all the, the, the areas that I may or may not have covered that I studied diligently for today. So 
back to when I was a, first a believer, I remember that, that it was kind of a, it was a process. I was in the middle of living a life that I shouldn't be living. I was on the brink of a divorce. And I just, I didn't realize how messed up my life was, though. My life, according to my worldly attitude, was pretty darn good, man. I mean, I was making money. I, I was out there in the world and doing whatever the worldly people do. I was involved in the music industry um, and, uh, and, and was uh, uh, well-known in that industry. It was, a, it, it, it was a great time in my life, I thought. But, you know, um, at some point I felt, well... You know, I, I should start going to I should start going to church. I mean, you know, I'm getting a divorce, and my kid. I mean, he's he's four years old. My 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 my, my oldest son uh, was four years old at the time, and he was four or five. five I'm sorry, something like that. <laughs> and uh, and he he was he was going to he was going to a Christian school. You know, isn't it funny how how the the heathens always send their kids to Christian school? You know, we're going to be sanctified through them, right? And uh, and and you know. And uh, it, it's funny because uh, one day, uh, one day we we walked out of uh, we walked out of his school, and uh, and the teacher says, "Okay, Michael, well, are you going to be? Uh, what, what are you going to study at church on Sunday?" And he just kind of looked at me and he said, "Dad, what's church?" <laughs> so after I got out from under the desk, <laughs> you know, and, and and really, isn't that just what it's like when we're out in the world, you know, and and and, and you know, but from the mouth of babes. So, so I, I basically in July of, of that year, I decided that I needed to start getting right. And I don't know why I started wanting to get right, but you know, the, when we're in the world, we have a form of righteousness. We think that that you know, well, I gave you know. 15 bucks to this guy or that that girl was going through a hard time and she needed to buy milk for her baby so she wanted me to buy her a, a can of formula but I bought her a case you know and I was a nice guy and I actually <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I actually used arguments like that with the Lord when I was going through what they call a wilderness experience and we'll talk about that in a little while <clears throat> you ever tried to tell God how righteous you are I know I have and every time I do I fall flat on my face because the Bible says that there's not one righteous one among us, not a one, right? So, so here we are, 1995. Mikey's feeling like, hey man, I got to get right with God. You know, I'm still out there doing the party thing, but you know, I got to get right with God. So, so I would, I, I remember, I remember at that time, um, I would, I would tell people, hey, you know, I smoke a joint, and talk about Jesus all the time, man. It's a great thing. You know, and, and it was it was just, I mean, it was where I was at. And let me tell you, I mean, I I gotta I gotta be honest and tell you that God met me there. The Bible says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. In my worldly decrepit state, my my profession of faith was, well, I'll give this Jesus junk a try for a while. You know, and God in his in his just awesomeness and in his grace met me there. And I remember I would party and talk about Jesus, dude. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's roll a bone and talk about Jesus. And if you're in that lifestyle today and you're hearing my voice, listen, man, don't wait to get cleaned up. 
You know, I, I used to go to a, a church in Miami, a great pastor, great teacher, friend of mine, brother in the Lord, whatever. I mean, this guy's a wonderful man of God. And he used to tell me, he said, Mikey, don't worry about it. Jesus cleans his fish after he catches them. You know, the Bible calls us to be fishers of men, right? So I'm out here fishing. And, uh, and I'm basically trying to bring in. Come on in. Come on in. The water's good, man. Take a swim in the word. But really, if you're in that condition today, hey, listen, don't get cleaned up. Just come to the Lord. Say, Jesus, touch me today. Make yourself real to me. Or do what I did. I'll give this Jesus junk a try. It doesn't matter, man. God just wants you to acknowledge that you're a sinner and every sinner needs a savior. And that's all that he wants. Now, I'm going off on a little tangent. Sorry about that. But, you know, it's just exciting to talk about how the Lord touched me and changed my life. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to church and, and, and I'm, I'm going to a church and, and, and in a home church, you know, and, and, and I'm going on Sundays and I'm lifting my hands during praise and it was weird, man. It's like, ooh, you know, I get the, you know, get the, get the chills going on, and the, and the, and the, you know, and it was a Baptist church, but they were spirit filled, y'all, and it was wild. My friend, the, 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 actually, the guy who who led me to the Lord later was uh, was the one who his father was the head pastor of that church, but Danny would do worship in that church. And, and, and man, the spirit would fall. Danny would start to sing and praise the Lord and the spirit. It was just, man, I've, later when I, when, I, when I heard about the, the temple and the glory of the Lord filling the house and that the priest could hardly stand before the glory of the Lord, it was like, man, I, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. I mean, you ever been there worshiping the Lord and just the spirit hits you and you're just there? I remember one night I was, I was out uh, with my wife and we were, we were at church and it was a Saturday night. Um, boy, what a difference um, from what I used to do on Saturday nights. And we, we went to church that night and, 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 uh, and we were just praising the Lord with a bunch of folks. And, and we were there kneeling down and we had our hands up like this. And there's just a wind started blowing through the place. It was the most bizarre, just exciting uplifting experience I've ever had, uh, one of them, um, in the Lord. And, and so, so this particular day, I, uh, I had prayed to the version of God that I knew, um, if there was such a thing, um, to, uh, to, to, to say, hey, God, you know, I, I know that I'm not right, man, but if you could possibly make it possible for me to spend Thanksgiving with the family. See, I did some really bad things when I was, when I was in the world. Um, I walked out on a wife who was pregnant at the time and basically walked away from uh, what was a worldly, rocky relationship but did not deserve basically what I did to it. So what ended up happening was I said, you know, God, I have a, a little daughter that I don't see that often and I, I really want to see her and I want to see my, my older son you know, just make it possible for me to, to meet with them. So 
I go to church that Sunday, and I'd forgotten about it. It was one of those moments, one of those weepy moments. You know, God, please, come on, man. You know, and then, you know, you know, it's funny how we cry when we're non-believers, and even when we're believers, but how many times do you, do you watch people cry when they get busted at something? And they're not really sorry for what they did. I mean, they say they are. They're just sorry they got caught, man. You know, so of course, I'm in a momentary lapse of reason. You know, I'm there. Oh, God, you know, help me see my son. You know, it's terrible the things that have gone on. Terrible the things that have gone on. Terrible the things that I did. Thank you very much. But uh, so that Sunday, I go to church. And, and, and Danny stands up and says, hey, anybody who wants to come on Thanksgiving, we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner here. And we're going to have it early so you guys can can get home and go see your families and stuff, but we want to, we want the body of Christ to get together here at the, at the house and we're going to have a, a good old American, well, they had arroz con frijoles and some yuca there too, some, uh, some Spanish stuff that we like, you know, but they had turkey and stuffing and cranberries too. They, you know, the gringos were well represented in the house. And, uh, so, uh, so basically we, 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 we got together, everybody arrived, you know, in separate cars and, 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 and everybody went inside. And we all sat down and I saw my beautiful little daughter, Roxana. She's gorgeous. She's, uh, she's 13 this year. And uh, <laughs> she's just an amazing young lady. So we, um, we, we sit down at the, uh, at the table and we're, we're, we're just sitting there. And we were all having a talk and talking about the Lord. And, and my, my ex-wife said something. I don't, to this day, folks, I don't remember what she said. She said that somebody had said something about demons. I was like, demons? <laughs> you know? And, 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 of course, people would mention demons, and my mind would immediately jump to Scooby-Doo, you know? She said something about demons and said something that just blew my mind at the time. I, I, I do not remember to this day what it was. But all of a sudden... The room was gone, y'all. I was just not there. I was there. I was sitting at the table, but there was no sound. The, the, the people, the place was gone. And I was in the presence of something. And this something said to me, said, look what you've done with the talents I gave you. Now, the weird thing about this something, it didn't talk to me in a voice like you guys talk to me today. This was all in my head and in a part of my body that I didn't understand. It was a, it was a, 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 a part of my body. See, and, and I understand now that it was in my spirit. See, Jesus, Jesus said, who is it that can take mine out of my hand? And, and, and you'll see why in a second. So, so basically, he said, look what you've done with the talents I've given you. I gave you the ability to lead men. And look what you've done. And he started flashing me back through my life into just, you know, different debaucherous things. If it was sinful and self-indulgent, man, you could count me in. I woke up looking for new and innovative ways to sin, man. It was a, it was a, it was what I did, man. I woke up, I loved it. I woke up looking to be a rebel. I would tell people, I'm a rebel without a cause, man. Give me a cause so I can rebel. 
and it was a it was just a, a thing of me, you know, and, and and of course, you know, being blind, I would try and use the blindness thing, you know, as an excuse. Well, you know, the world doesn't like me, they don't accept blind people, you know. Blind people, we're outcasts, man. So if we're outcasts, dude, I'll just do it my way, you know? I'll just do it the way I feel like it. But isn't that really the way that most of us feel deep down inside? Just some of us got the guts or just don't care enough about ourselves to say it. You know, so, so basically I, 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 I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, of course I'm freaking out because I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of this thing and I can't explain, I can't explain to you how naked I felt. I cannot explain to you how, how exposed, I guess the word is, that I felt in the presence of this presence. <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it said, and it said, and look how many times I've called you. And it starts flashing me back to times that, you know, I would hear little Bible stories. And there was a time when I was a little kid, real little kid. I must have been about Michael's age um, at the time, about five. And I'm, 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 I'm kneeling in front of a Pentecostal preacher and he's got his hands on me and he's praying on, praying for me and this and that and the other. <laughs> and I remember I have my hands up like this and I'm playing with his tie. He's wearing this big wide tie and I'm playing with his tie, you know. And it was just a, it was a very bizarre thing, you know. And then when I was 11 and then when I was 17 and then when I was 23 or 22, it was just time after time where he called me. And he said, and I didn't know a word of scripture, y'all. He said, I have good plans for you. Plans not to harm you. Plans for your good. Take the plan I have for you today. There's another who has a plan for you. And if you don't accept me today, then I will never bother you again. And I was gone. That's it. I knew later, I learned later, that today is the day of salvation and God will not strive with man forever. Now God's gracious, no doubt. And, and, and there are people who will hear this, 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 this teaching and say, wait a minute, Mikey, but what do you mean? Don't, don't I have the rest of my life to, to pick if I'm going to go with God or not? Hey, dude, look, first of all, you don't know if you're going to walk out today and get hit by a freaking bus. Second of all, God does what he wants. And the Bible says, you know, God, God's the ultimate planner, right? God's grace lasts forever. But the Bible says that God won't strive with man forever. Which means that, hey man, you know, you don't know. If you hear this word today, listen, I don't care what your claim of trying the Lord is, but try it. I've been doing it for 12 years now. And it's amazing. But anyway... So I get up, <laughs> I'm back, you know, and this must have taken all of about 12, 15, 20 seconds, maybe. I remember I got up and I walked over to Danny and I said, hey, dude, I got, I got to talk to you. Come here. And I used to carry one of those little handbags, you know, and I, I, had, a, I had some dope in there and I had a papers and a bunch of other junk. And I took them all out and I said, here, dude, you might as well take these. And he said, why is that? And I said, you might as well frame him, man, because I quit. I'm done. 
I said, that's it, man. And he said, what happened to you? I said, I don't know, <laughs> to be quite honest. I don't know, man, but I do know one thing. I said, I got to know this Jesus you're talking about. And remember, we were talking about demons, Danny. I need some deliverance. That was 12 years ago in November of 1995, folks. And I will never go back to where I was because I was touched by the Master's hand. I, I heard my Father's voice. See, some, your experiences may not be that radical, and I have never had a ra a, such a radical experience since. I really believe that God loves us so much that sometimes He's got to really shake up our lives. Because I can tell you that at that point, the enemy had me so fooled and so set financially and otherwise that I would not have listened. I used to scoff at these evangelists. I used to, I used to be a scammer, man. I'm like, hey, i got to figure out how to do that whole evangelism scamming thing so I can get hooked up with all the cash. You know, and, and I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. There was no way that a man was going to get through to me. There was no way that a man was going to get through to this rock that I had in my chest. No way. It took the touch of Almighty God to get through and make this blind man, at least in the spirit, see. Amen? And that, that, that to me is, that's my story. And that's the first time I heard God's voice. Now, some people will tell you they heard God's voice and it was an audible thing. And they'll do the whole George Burns thing, you know, when they was, you know, with John Denver. Remember the movie, Oh God, and, and back in the 70s and, and John Denver's driving down the street and God shows up and it's George Burns, you know. And, 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 uh, and I think uh, uh, the latest one that I saw was uh, uh, Bruce Almighty and uh, that was uh, Morgan Freeman was God. You know, it was great. I mean, th this was not Morgan Freeman and it was not George Burns, I assure you. This was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and who knew me before the very foundation of the earth. So then I got saved. And I lived happily ever after. Not! Jesus said, when there are trials, I will be with you. When there are trials. How many people here know that if you live on this planet, if you breathe in the air, I don't care if you got a dollar to your name or a million to your name. I've known, I've known street people and I've known millionaires. Good friend of mine who became a millionaire very young, he tells me, he said, Mikey, you know, I never thought, I always wanted to be a millionaire. I said, yeah, dude, me too. <laughs> he said, you know what, though? It's a curse. I said, why is that? I can't imagine it being a curse. He said, absolutely. He said, because when you get it, then you got to worry about keeping it. Because everybody's always trying to get it from you. You know... I've, I've, had, I've had good amounts of money in my life. I've never been a millionaire, and, 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 and I really don't expect to. I don't strive to be. It's not my interest. Uh, really don't care if I am or not. Um, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, 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 I'm healthy. I feel good. i got great kids. i got a great wife. I, I've got great friends and brothers and sisters in the church that love me. I'm the richest guy I know. That may make some people really angry. How dare he say he's rich? Well, you know what? I'm the richest guy I know. Ha 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 ha. But 
My father, the king of kings and the lord of lords, because you know I'm a prince, I'm a king's kid. He's not, he, the Bible says that he is not, if he doesn't favor one person above another. He doesn't esteem one above another. He's not a respecter of persons. So the same my father does for me, he'll do for all of you. Anybody here, anybody. The Bible says that who is it that, <clears throat> that you being evil give your children good gifts? Who is it of you that, that's not going to ask your Father in Heaven for the Holy Spirit? Would He not give it to you? I mean, are, are you going to ask God for a, a fish and He's going to give you a stone? <laughs> You're going to ask Him for an egg and He's going to give you a scorpion? No. The Bible says that He gives you the desires of your heart. And really, the, the whole idea here about today's lesson, it sounds like I've gone out on a tangent, but I really haven't because what, what, what we're talking about here is knowing God's voice. Now, <clears throat> I can call most of my friends on the phone, and even when I'm calling them up and I'm going, hello, and I'm using a funny voice like this, and I'm talking to them, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh, come on, Mikey, cut it out. Oh, you got me, you know? Because my friends know my voice. My kids know my voice. My wife knows my voice. My customers know my voice. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, right? Even when I'm sick, they know my voice. <clears throat> Why is that? Well, because we've spent time together. Because we've hung out together. Because we care about hearing each other. When I get a phone call from one of you guys, I know exactly who it is. Do I say, hello, who is it? Oh, I don't know who this is. Hello, please tell me who you are. No. Now, at first, <clears throat> when I get to know somebody, I say, well, do me a favor. Uh, when you walk up to me, I can't see your face. I'm really bad at remembering faces. <laughs> so, so please walk up to me and say, hey, Mikey, it's so-and-so. And, and, uh, and, 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 and after a while, I'll remember. <clears throat> you know, I'll say, oh, okay, you don't need to do that anymore. So by the time I get comfortable with who you are, I say, hey, stop that. <laughs> you know, I know who you are now. Stop telling me. Stop, stop making me look like a blind guy. So, uh, so basically, I, I, you know, I, you tell me, you tell me who you are, and, and then I, I recognize you. Oh yeah, hey, and how you doing? And then I, you know, I, the brain gets gets functioning again, and I remember who you are and all that. Well, what happens when we hear voices in our spirit, or when we hear voices in our flesh, or when we hear voices in our mind? Did you know that there's a difference? Did you know that when you hear voices in your, in your head or, or you, what you think is in your head, you're not just hearing voices in your head. You're, you hear several different voices. You hear the voice of your intellect. Okay? And that's like, no, man, that doesn't make sense. I, I can't. No, 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 no. Turn water into wine? What are you talking about? No, I didn't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Built the world in seven days? Can't do that. We sit there and we try and rationalize God and, and how he built the world in seven days and how he did all these things. And that's our, our rationale. You know, so we, we finally, let's, let's, let's skip forward. We finally, we've done the whole Jesus thing. We accept the Lord. We understand that, that we're sinners and, and, and every sinner needs a savior. You get saved. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a party in heaven, by the way. I don't know if you know that the Bible says that there's a party in the heavens whenever somebody gets saved. Every time somebody got saved, there was a party in your honor. So that, that's, that's amazing to me. <clears throat> um, so basically, now you're, now you're a Christian. Now what are you going to do? Well, you, you read your word. 
You know, you put the fish on the back of your car. You listen to the local Christian radio station. You go to church on Wednesday and on Sunday. And are you living a good Christian life? Well, I don't know. You're hearing all kinds of stuff. First thing to happen when you got saved is all of a sudden you're hearing voices telling you what a loser you are. Now, wait a minute. Nobody told me I was a loser before. I was the center of the party, man. I was the guy who would roll a joint and talk about Jesus. Now that I don't roll the joints anymore, now I hear these voices in my head that tell me I'm a loser. You know, and, and people tell me that I'm no fun anymore and that I'm a little church boy now. You know, and they're telling me that I'm, I'm intolerant because I don't live the way I used to. And, and, and really, and, and then because I love you, I share with you that it's not right the way you're living either. But it's not a condemning thing. I just say, listen, man, you know, God loves you so much, just like he loves me. He loved me so much, he didn't want to see me where I was at. So I gave my life to him. I traded the dirty life I had for his righteousness. And he washed my sins away as white as snow. And now God's working on me, man. And he certainly isn't finished by a long stretch. But hey, the good work he's begun in me will be brought to the completion in the day. It will be brought to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. And don't we all look forward to that? Right. So, so basically, I, I hear all these voices. And then, and then of course, I, I, I start to pray. And as I start to pray, I, I fall asleep. Or, 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 or I, I hear in my, in my head, I hear a voice that says, God doesn't hear your prayers, man. God doesn't hear your prayers. You're a loser. You're a nobody. You know, you're, you're going to hell. You're, you're never going to meet up to God's standard. What is all this? You know, and then and then and then I'm, sometimes I'm praising and I'm worshiping and I'm singing and I'm I'm loving the Lord and I hear I love you, I love you so much. I love you and I'm so glad that you're going to spend eternity with me. I have a plan for you, a good plan, a plan to bless you. You know, and sometimes I hear the same voice that says I love you, and you got to stop doing that. You really do, because I love you. And if, if you don't stop doing that, then I can't share what I have to share with you. Then, of course, the other voice comes and says, Loser! <laughs> what is this? Am I schizophrenic? No, I'm not. And if this is what goes on in your head on a daily basis, you're not either. Let's talk about the different voices and what we hear. Let's... Uh, Let's go from worst to best. Let's start with the enemy. The Bible says that the enemy, the devil, is the accuser of the brethren. Martin Luther, one night, he woke up, he rolled over and he stretched, and he looks at the end of his bed, and there's Satan sitting there. He says, oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and he went back to sleep again. See, if you're truly rooted in, in the Lord and, and understand the power that Jesus gave you, Jesus, Jesus spent a majority of his ministry healing the sick and casting out demons. And demons, you know, demons are <clears throat> Satan's servants. They're fallen angels and, and other various remnants and tidbits and nastinesses that Satan's picked up along the line. 
you know, throughout the years. And that is, uh, and that is what we hear talking to us sometimes. And how does it work? Well, the Bible says that the Bible says that uh, that we need to look for the flaming arrows of the enemy, the darts of the enemy. And the way that those work is they work as thoughts. They work um, where people that are unsaved will just, you, you ever met somebody who says something, it's, it's in the brain and out the mouth? They got kind of Peter syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, I'll do anything for you, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> you know, they said for, they said for years, <clears throat> the, 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 uh, the, uh, the joke is that I wonder, I wonder how many times Peter went to go preach a sermon and there was always that heckler in the back <laughs> but you know it's just a way of keeping us humble isn't it <laughs> see it's interesting because some people say well yeah but God isn't it you know Peter did that sure but he came back and he was a mighty man of God and he preached a sermon in, in Acts and 3,000 got saved yeah God forgave him for his sin Jesus forgave him for his sin but we have an accuser that doesn't forget our sin. God forgets it. And then the accuser comes up and says, hey, do you know that Mikey did this? Do you know that Joey did that? Do you know that Louie did this? You... And God says, what are you talking about, man? I don't know what you're talking about. Get, get out of here. And, and, and Jesus says, and even if he did, that's one of mine. I paid for it. So get out of here. Stop accusing. But of course, we're here. And we're still, the good work he's begun in us is not complete yet. So, of course, us in our carnality, we still fall into the trap of believing what the enemy says about us. Which is why we need to read our scripture. Which is why we need to understand, as the scripture says, that we're the head and not the tail. You know, God's got a great thing planned for us. Good works. Good, good plans, plans to do us good. And even though sometimes it don't look that good, you know, sometimes, sometimes God has to knock things out of our way so that we can hear his voice. So back to the enemy here. So you're, uh, you're, you're walking down the street, minding your own business. And you look at a beautiful specimen of humanity walk by. And, oops, but you take a little too long, and you look a little too long, and then all of a sudden you get, mm -hmm, wouldn't it be nice to, <laughs> Satan, get behind me. Now, here you're dealing with two things. You're dealing with, of course, you're dealing with your flesh, you know, what is it? I'm a hot-blooded Cuban, I'm a red-blooded American. Uh, you know, I'm a Navajo Indian. I don't know. But the bottom line is I'm a fleshly creation. <laughs> I'm dead in my trespasses. And if something comes to stir up this flesh, it don't take much to get this flesh going. So, of course, Satan knows to set the stage. Did, did anybody ever see a, a movie a while back with Al Pacino called The, the, uh, the Devil's Advocate? Yeah. Excellent movie. <clears throat> You know what's so excellent about it? <laughs> and the irony of it is that at the end, Al Pacino, who played Lucifer, laid it out exactly as it really is. 
He says, he said in the movie, you know, I don't do anything. I just set the stage. It's you guys that fall for it. How many times haven't we gone out to do the right thing? And man, if we don't fall flat on our faces because we got tripped up by the enemy. We set out to do the right thing, but we didn't hear the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Holy Spirit warning us. Instead, we heard the roaring voice of the enemy. The Bible says that he prowls about the earth like a roaring lion to seek whom he can devour. And guess who he wants to have for lunch? You and me and anybody he can. <clears throat> you know, it's funny though how Satan never told you you were going to hell when you were in the world. Never told you you were going to hell when you were out there having that premarital sex and drinking up a storm and swindling money from your boss, was he? Never told you any of that. Never told you when you went out and had five wives and six husbands and, you know, and all that. Never told you that, that you were binding yourself to a harlot, whether it be a male harlot or a female harlot. Now, all of a sudden, Satan gets all righteous and starts throwing scripture at you. <laughs> but, you know, he tried to do that to Jesus, too. And Jesus, and Jesus actually turned around and spoke scripture back to him. And said, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Now, isn't that interesting? Because Jesus didn't say, a <clears throat> man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth off the pages of a book. Hallelujah. Wow, what a revelation. He said, every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Which means that what Jesus was telling us there is that actually God wants to talk to us. He doesn't want to just talk to us from burning bushes. I mean, he can do that. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He can talk to us through a donkey. God knows he did. God saves those special times with burning bushes and donkeys and whales and all that stuff for people who just don't listen. We, on the other hand, we say, Lord, here I am, like Samuel. Remember in the book of Samuel when, when Samuel was... Uh, was with Elias, the, the, the priest, and he was sleeping, and he heard, Samuel! And he got up, and he said, Here I am! And he went over to Elias, and Elias said, What? Didn't call you, man. So he went back to bed, and he slept, and, Samuel! And he got up, and he said, Here I am! And Elias said, Hey, man, I, I didn't call you, but I'll tell you what to do. The next time you hear your name called like that, say, Here I am, Lord! Or here I am, Yahweh, at the time, and see what happens. So the next time, <clears throat> the Bible says that he heard a voice. He said, Samuel, he said, here I am, Yahweh. And from that day forth, Samuel had a relationship with the Lord. He judged Israel for a number of years. He was a prophet. Uh, he was a prophet in the land. He, he's the one who anointed David, um, King David as king over Judah and Israel. An amazing, amazing man of God with a great testimony and God didn't have to do it through a bush or a donkey <clears throat> or making him disappear at a Thanksgiving turkey dinner. <laughs> I think I was the turkey that day, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, so this is what we hear. And sometimes we're going to hear the accuser talking to us about our past through other people. 
Oh, dude, I remember when you were back in the day doing so-and-so and so-and-so. Come on, don't you want to do that a little bit more? Don't you want to? Or he, he can't be saved. She can't be saved. No way, man. I remember when they were doing this and that and the other. Or, 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 or they go to you when you're in front of a bunch of your Christian friends and they start talking that street talk they used to talk and, you know, and say, hey, man, you know, why don't we go out and do this and that? Or why don't we get together for happy hour on Friday night and go hang out? Or why don't we go to the strip club like we used to go or whatever? And you're like, hey, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, man. It's me you're talking to. I've known you for so many years. You don't need to lie to me, dude. Come on, nobody will know. Come here, dude. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come here, come here, come here. Now, you get rid of all these Christian people. I mean, there's some hot chicks over there, sure, bro. But I got somebody. Come here. There's a little something, something over here for you. And, uh, and you just get rid of all these Christian losers. And you and me, we'll just go get hooked up like it used to be. You know what I'm saying? Then tomorrow, you can go be a Christian little good boy, little Jesus kid tomorrow. Sound familiar? I've heard it. Been there, done that, heard it. Didn't walk away, ran. The Bible says, flee from the devil. <laughs> when you can't resist the devil, you flee. <clears throat> if you can resist the devil long enough to bind him and to send him away, then guess what the Bible says? He'll flee. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. So that's what the devil's voice sounds like. Sound like... Anybody here ever heard the devil's voice? Or am I, or am I the only one? <laughs> then there's the voice of our flesh. Oh. Walking through Publix. Down the ice cream aisle. Hmm. Ooh. Trinity chocolate ice cream. <laughs> Sounds Christian. <laughs> Come on, dude, buy it. It's Christian ice cream. It's probably got less calories. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I bought some I bought some 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 Trinity chocolate ice cream the other day and I am not joking. My flesh literally said that. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, after walking almost 13 years with God, my flesh is talking about, it's Christian ice cream, man. I'm serious. And I, I, you know, I counsel people for heaven's sakes. I teach Bible and I'm here at Publix. I can't even see the picture on the darn label. But no. So, so I get my Christian ice cream. I gave in to the flesh. And I brought it home. And I got the rest of the family in the flesh too. I led everyone to stumble that night. And when the ice cream was gone two days later, my wife showed up like Eve. I got some more of that ice cream. <laughs> and then yesterday... The kids went out to the ice cream truck. We have ice cream in the refrigerator, but Daddy, give me a dollar to go out to the ice cream truck. And I said, well, what about Daddy? My wife says, don't worry, I've got your Christian ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> now, this is all funny and stuff, but really, now, that's not the devil, guys. 
That's our flesh. We like chocolate ice cream. Right? You know, we like that cigarette that we smoke. Thank God I kicked that habit years ago. And if you haven't, let me let you know something. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit that you got there. And like anything that defiles the temple, it's got to go. Now, we can't do it ourselves. See, this is the thing. Paul said, I die daily. Right? Which means that he submits his flesh to God every day. And the only way that we can do that, the only way we can put the flesh down, okay, is, of course, by being born in the Spirit. Now, those of you that have been with me for a little while, you heard my teachings on the, <clears throat> on the, on the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, please visit the website and check out the, the podcast. They're there on the Holy Spirit. But really, if you're born of the Spirit, then you can live by the Spirit. See, remember back when I was, when I was talking to you that, that, that I heard this voice and it was weird because I felt it in a part of my body that I hadn't really recognized before? See, when I was a little kid, I accepted Jesus. And I went on about my way. And what I understood later is that I may have had, may have had, and I use the word may, because I'm not sure and it really doesn't matter today. Okay, because it was, it, the, 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 the probability of this not being the case and me being totally off is about 50-50. <laughs> Okay, now, so my, my qualifier, because I'm about to say something that may be a little controversial, and that is that I believe that since I accepted Jesus at a younger age and I understood what I was doing at the time, I had Jesus as Savior but not as Lord. <clears throat> now that's a possibility, and I'm not going to go into the, the, the fact of if I was saved or not, if I was walking in... in, 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 in uh, in sin at the time, of course I was walking in sin. I don't know, and I'm not God, and I can't sit here and tell you for sure if you accepted Jesus when you were 16 years old, and you're out, you know, messing around and doing the things that people in the world do, that you're saved tomorrow if you get hit by a truck, or if you run, you know, if you, if you run into a light pole, or you get in a car accident, or whatever. I can't sit here and tell you that, and I can't sit here, I can't give you eternal assurance that you're saved, and I can't give you eternal assurance that you're damned either. That's not my job. There's only one who condemns. See, the Bible, a lot of people make a mistake and they say, judge not lest ye be judged. No, that's not the case. It says, actually, when you look at the translation, it says, condemn not lest ye be condemned. Because when you condemn another, oh, heck no, man, they'll never get saved. They'll, they're going straight to hell. That person, how many times, I've, I've seen Christians do this. Actually, oh no, man, that person's straight, they're, they're, they're headed for hell, dude. This, it's going to take a miracle to get them to turn around. Oh yeah? What, did God just kind of tap on your shoulder and say, hey buddy, come walk with me, and you just dropped all your fleshly ways and said, sure Jesus, come on, let's go. No, you didn't. It took a miracle for you. Every time a person is saved in this world, it's a miracle, Amen. Every time a person is saved in this world, it's a miracle. And don't you ever dare sit there and say that someone else can't have the gift of salvation that you have. Or that they don't deserve it. Because that's just not right. And you will burn yourself in hell for that one. And that's not what I say. That's what the Bible says. And you've got a problem with that. You take it up with the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. 
So we're talking about the flesh here. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm joking around about ice cream and, and things like that, but there's, there's even more serious things. I mean, depression, for example. You know, many people that were depressed before they came to the Lord, and, 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 and the Bible says that you're a new creation in Christ, and you've got a, a renewed mind and a renewed soul. And your soul is what? Your mind, will, and emotions. The problem is that part of your soul is sanctified and the other part is, is under process. It's kind, of, it's kind of like looking at a cake before it's totally finished. The corrupt side of your soul or, the, or your mind or of your intellect okay, is arguing with the sanctified side which is in agreement with your spirit. You understand? And, and so this is why you get so confused that some days you wake up and you're just on cloud nine, man. And other days, you know, you just wake up and, and you, you've got that black cloud. And so, oh, it's the devil. It's the devil, mama. It's the devil. No, it's not always the devil. Now, the devil will take advantage of that. And he'll, of course, take that person that you'll walk out and you'll have the sad face. What's wrong, dude? Oh, Nothing. Got the joy of the Lord. Really? You look like you're depressed like you used to be. What happened? What, God's not fulfilling your need, buddy? God's not filling you anymore? Let's go down the nudie bar. <laughs> you know, and we'll go back in a vicious circle, don't we? And so you see, so what do you need to do? Well, the Bible says that we need to get the joy of the Lord. And how do we do that? Well, here's the great news. We learn to hear God's voice. See, these are three voices that you're hearing. The voice of the enemy, the voice of your flesh, which consists of your intellect, and your emotions, and your outbursts, and then the voice of God. The intellect, again, it's, it's back to the, some guy cut me off in traffic. You know? And immediately your flesh says, how dare he do that? Do you know who I am? I'm a Christian redeemed by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. How dare you cut me off in traffic? And then, of course, the enemy uses that person to give you the magical one-finger peace sign. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden, now, he does that, and your flesh gets going, and then the devil tells you one thing and tells him another thing, and before you know it, you guys are pulling off the side of the road, and bam, 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 and you're in jail. <laughs> Or worse nowadays. And it's, it's, it's funny, and, and it is funny, and I, I laugh too, but it, it, it really is not funny anymore these days. You know, where we could, we need to watch what we're doing, y'all. The Bible says to be gentle as a dove and, and wise as a serpent. Which means you need to know who's a serpent. Who's the serpent? Okay, the, you know, it's not a mistake that he equals wisdom to the serpent. The devil is very wise. The devil's an old dude. The devil knows scripture better than you and me and everybody here put together. He can speak it backwards and forwards. He tried to preach it to the author, man. And you know what's interesting, by the way, a little sidetrack as if I haven't done a couple tonight. It's interesting to note that God does not take his anointing away or his gifts away. Um, it never says that he takes them away. The only place I read it 
was in, in, the, in the Old Testament where it says where Samson, for example, the, the, the spirit of the Lord had departed him or was Saul. But, in the, but this is when the spirit was upon people. It was not when the spirit was in people like today. And there were not anointings and gifts of the Holy Spirit like you have today. So the point that I'm, that the point that I'm making is that even though you may not be in the way of God, you may have that, that, that gift on you so the devil will twist it. And he will twist it to try and use you to fool other children of God. So you need to know the ways of the enemy. But you need to be gentle as a dove. And greet everybody with a holy kiss and, and a God bless you. And how are you, brother? How are you, sister? You know, and really, really genuinely care about people. Now we're getting to the good stuff. How do we know God's voice? Now we, is everybody here pretty clear on the, the flesh and, on, and, on, and on, on the devil? I mean, everybody here understands that? Let's talk about, let's talk about God now for a minute. Or two, or 20, or whatever. Now, God talks to us, of course, through his word. And, you know, God, God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Okay? And, and in the book of Jeremiah, it says that the person who makes man his source is accursed. But the person who makes God his source is blessed. All, these, uh, all, all, the, uh, all the scriptures are in the notes, of course, so you can, you, can take it, you can refer to them in your notes. He wants you to use him as his source. See, the Bible says, let us reason together, Right? Well, if you and I are having a relationship and we're, we, you, you say, hey, Mikey, come on over. I want to talk to you about something. I want to I bounce something off of you, dude. I want to know what you're thinking. And, and what, do you, what do you think? Or, or will you pray with me? And, and, and let's see what the Holy Spirit would tell us about this. Aren't you inviting me over to reason with you? Aren't you inviting me over to pray with you and to reason with you and see what the Holy Spirit and we'll both go to the Lord and the Holy Spirit and reason together? You see, in days of old, in the days of, 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 uh, of the Old Testament, people used to have to go to a prophet. And there's still certain religious groups today that believe you have to go to a man to hear from God. Now, I'm not saying that when you're a young Christian, that God doesn't use people to talk to you. Okay, sometimes as we, as we are growing up in the Lord, I, I, I've heard it said before and I agree, you ever want to see God really showing off? Go hang out with young Christians. It's for us old people in the Lord that he says, work it out. <laughs> Go, get on your face for an hour and a half and pray. <laughs> I want to spend time with you. Don't you know I love you? Don't you know? I mean, really, it, it, it's, it's a thing where, you know, when, when, I mean, I've got, I've got daughters at home that are little babies and and, and, and my little 17-month-old, she'll run by and I'll grab her and I'll say, I love you, and I'll give her a kiss and she'll wriggle out of my arms and she'll run away. And, and, and I'll be happy because, you know, hey, I got to spend a second with my daughter. Now, I understand that she's got a very short attention span and every once in a while, I'll grab her and, she'll, and I'll give her a kiss and she'll giggle and she'll put her head on my shoulder and, and she'll say, Daddy, or whatever, you know. And, but now, with my, my, my older daughter, Roxana, or my older son, Michael, or even David, 
they'll come and even day, even Michael at, at 18, he'll just come up and he'll hug me or Roxana and they'll just hug me and just hold on to me for two, three, four minutes, you know, or whatever, and just spend time with me and just hang out with me. As, as, and I expect that from them because they're older. They understand. They're old enough to understand the level and the amount of love I have for them and I'm old enough to understand the level and amount of love that they have for me. So if I'm a human being, and I can do that with my kids, what do you think that God can do with you? You know God doesn't have grandkids. God only has sons and daughters. That's all he has. And he wants us, his sons and daughters, to spend time with him. I mean, hey, <laughs> there's going to come a day in your life when you die... And you're going to be right there. And if you couldn't, you'd be begging. Come on, God, I accepted Jesus. Please let me in. But you can't spend an hour a day, 30 minutes a day today with your heavenly father whose heart aches to share your burden, to speak to you, to reason with you, to love on you. Some people say, well, yeah, but God doesn't have any hands, man. He doesn't have any arms. He can't possibly, and I, he can't possibly love me. Man, trust me when I tell you, God is so awesome. God is so amazing. In the spirit, in the midst of my praise, in the midst of my worship, I feel the hand of God. I feel the arms of God. I feel the kiss and the touch of my Heavenly Father. And so can you. This is not something that's just for me. It's something that's here for everyone who wants it. And I can hear his whisper. Because the devil roars like a lion. But the Lord speaks to us in a still, small voice. Now, you guys may have to strain to hear me talking. Because I'm talking to you in a still, small voice. And that's the way the Lord talks to us, right? You know, even when God is reprimanding us, when God has got us in the spiritual woodshed, if you will, and we're bent over the log, <laughs> buttocks in the air, he's a paddle in hand. <laughs> what a picture, right? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know... The Bible says that it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's true. If you're not his, if you're not redeemed, one day you're going to fall into his hands and he's going to take you and he's going to sling you into the lake of fire. However, it's a wonderful thing to fall into the arms of a loving Christ who gave his life for you on a cross. It's beyond words for me to express the gratitude that I have for what God's done for me and, and just for the relationship um, that I share with the Lord. And, and I, I, I pray that each and every person that hears me has one because it's available to you. And God does talk to us when we're scared the Bible says that he'll be with us in the storm and he'll calm it. When Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, 
He spoke to the storm and it ceased. And at another time, the storm was still going on and Jesus came walking on the water and showed up on the scene. Jesus is always there in the midst of your storm. The Holy Spirit is always there. Jesus said, I leave, but I send you a comforter who can be with you. And the thing about Jesus is the reason he did that was because Jesus was here as man. One, one dude. And even though when he came back, he could do that popping in and popping out thing that he did, you know, popping in to see the, hey guys, here I am. Here, give me some fish. And boom, I'm gone. Then, then, then the next time he popped in, hey guys, here I am. You know, and <laughs> Bob Coy, Bob Coy says it best. He says, when the disciples uh, saw Jesus leave for the last time, they're all sitting there looking up in the sky. And angel comes back, angels come down and say, hey, what, what are you guys looking for? Well, you know, Bob Coy says that they say, well, he, he's been coming and going for the last 40 days, man. We know he's coming back again. And you know what? They've been looking up ever since. And we're still waiting for him to come back in the flesh. But in the meantime, he sent us a comforter. He sent us the very will of God, the very heart of God in the form of his Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I, I watched, a, I watched a, 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 a podcast a couple days ago about uh, the, the Consumer Electronics Show. And Bill Gates did the, uh, Bill Gates did the, uh, the, the keynote address. And this is his last year at Microsoft. And uh, those of you that know, I'm, I'm in the technology field, so this is kind of my, my thing. I'm a little geek, you know. And, uh, and it was interesting to see how they did a, a video mocking Bill, and he was laughing. And the, they actually had, you know, uh, they, they actually had Hillary Clinton up there saying, sorry, Bill, but, you know, there is no room for you as vice president now. And all these other funny things. And Bill was making fun of himself. You know, it was funny. He was laughing. He was, now, God does not make fun of himself. But Bill Gates was up there laughing and he wasn't offended. He wasn't yelling and screaming, do you know who I am? Do you know I'm the richest guy in the world? Listen, God doesn't need to defend himself, folks. When somebody knocks your God, when somebody says, say, listen, you don't know him. But don't be offended. God's not offended. God doesn't get offended by people's ignorance. He says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You see? So if people are perishing for lack of knowledge, it's because they don't know him. If I came up to, if anybody came up to me and said, you know, Henry's a so-and-so, and he's a this, and he's a that, and, he, and they told me all kinds of lies about you, that I, I hang out with Henry every day. I hang out with Leo from time to time. <laughs> I hang out with Dee from time to time as well, and hang out with Henry. And if somebody came and told me lies about you people, I would possibly protect you. Say, hey, that, that's not nice to say. Da, 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 da. But really, knowing me, usually I'm like, listen, you, you don't know those people would be saying that stuff. <laughs> You're a moron. Get out of here. And that's it. And really, it's a, it's, it, 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 far be it for me to call a non-believer a moron <laughs> who tells me something about God. But it's just, it's just so, it's so ignorant to think that the creator of the universe is going to be insulted by what his creation says about him. <laughs> it's like the, it's, the clay is literally telling the potter something about him. Come on, man, I'm the one who made you. I'm the one who molded you. What can you tell me about me? That's why I love to worship my God. I love him. 
But you know why I love him? I love him because he loved me first. And he gives me everything, including the love that I have for him. And when I need to know something, he talks to me. He talks to me through his word. He talks to me through his prophet. You know, sometimes you'll be, you'll be in a situation and, and, the, and the, the prophet of God will be on the scene and, and he'll, he'll, he'll share a word with you. Please, 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 folks, don't go word hunting. Don't go to the local prophet of the week or whatever, the guy who's quote-unquote walking in the anointing of God. You know, and go to the big arena and then go and stand in line and see if God's got a word for you. God, if God has a word for you, God will give you his word. And the best way for you to get a word from God is to spend time with him face to face. Remember what I said earlier? People who make man their source, let them be cursed, the Bible says. People who make God their source are blessed. Now, that doesn't mean that if God sends you a person and you listen to that person and it happens that they're true, that you're going to be cursed. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't go to somebody and pray and say, well, what do you think about that? What's your, what do you believe? But God wants you to move from milk to meat, folks. God wants you to move from a relationship that's goo goo gaga to a relationship that says, Lord, here I am. I'm approaching your throne with boldness and saying, Father, here I am. Give me what you need me to do, what you would have me do, what I'm, I'm here to serve you, Lord. And then shut up. I've said it before. How many of us don't go to God and say, well, God, I need to... Shut up. How would you like it if I came to your house and just talked at you? What kind of a relationship could we possibly build that way? We couldn't. So therefore, when you go before the Lord, A, don't be in a rush. B, speak and then listen. Sometimes you just go, hello, Lord. I love you. And just listen. That's it. And you don't need to do it necessarily on your knees, on your face, on your back. The Bible says that God knows the heart of every man. So when I'm sitting here on my knees and I'm praying to God, yes, it's an attitude of submission. And if it's a problem for you to get on your knees and thank God and give Him praise and thanks and glory, if that's a problem for you, then you need to get on your knees, man. If it's a problem for you to get on your face before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. If that's a problem for you, then you need to do that in an open place where people can see you. Because Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But, don't be religious. That's not a requirement. Sometimes I'll kneel down and I'll have the praise and worship on and I'll be listening and I'll be praying and I'll be kneeling and it'll be all very nice and I'll fall asleep. So, I sit in the chair. <laughs> You know, or I walk and I praise the Lord, or I'll walk to I'll walk my son to school. Well, I would walk my son to school, he's homeschooling now, but I would walk my son to school and I'd be praising God and fellowshipping with God on the way. And people would look at me and go, What is this blind guy doing? He's walking down the street talking to himself and walking with the dog. Very strange. He's not wearing a cell phone thing on his head. <laughs> Who's he talking to? Reality is, guys, God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to talk to you. He's going to talk to you through His Word. 
is going to talk to you through circumstances. Hey, he runs the show, dude. He runs it all. He can talk to you any way he darn well pleases. He's God. Amen? Amen. And that is what it all comes down to. It's as simple as A, B, C. A is for abide in the Lord. B is for believe in your heart that His Word is true. And C is carry out the Word of the Lord in your life. And the way you do that is by knowing Him. How do you know Him? You hang out with Him. And you know how to define His voice from everyone else's. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this wonderful day. And Lord, for a teaching that while it's gone over quite substantially, Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit has visited us today. We give you thanks, Lord, for your anointing. And Father, we just uh, ask you to continue to bring ears and hearts to hear and receive. Again, we give you thanks, Lord. We give ourselves to you this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.